Hey there, welcome to Blockhead, the Peanuts tribute podcast from a cartoonist's point of view. My name is Jeff Grogan, and I will be your host for the next few minutes to talk about Peanuts, Charles Schultz, and all things Charlie Brown, Linus, Lucy, and Snoopy too. So sit back and enjoy. Hello again, Blockhead listeners. Welcome to a new edition of the podcast. Today we have the conclusion of our two-part interview with the wonderful Ron Ferdinand, the Sunday Dennis the Menace cartoonist, the man who makes it happen on Sundays. And I hope you listened to the first part, and if you enjoyed that, you're going to enjoy this just as much. Ron is just such a wonderful guest, and we had such a, a lovely chat. And boy, has he got stories to tell, and he's so forthcoming, and and there's just so much to talk about when it comes to comic strip that is as venerable and iconic as Dennis the Menace is. I've been really lucky these last couple of weeks. I've had some wonderful conversations with cartoonists and uh, in particular Marcus and Ron come to mind and this little mini celebration of Dennis the Menace is uh, it's kind of nice. It's made me go back and look at some of my collection of stuff. Uh, I have a bunch of pocket full of fun books that I picked up a couple years ago. I had a bunch of them when I was a kid, but you know what happens to those. Anyway, it's amazing what you could get for 50 cents, these digest-sized books back then. Now they cost like, you know, 10 bucks if you're going to get one on eBay or something, maybe even more now. Anyway, they're terrific. They're they're like jam-packed with like a couple hundred pages worth of, of comics. And the comics, are, of course, are, are from the comic books. So they're Al Wiseman, Fred Toole, Owen Fitzgerald, and whoever else worked on those books. Boy, I, I think there was a bunch of other people, uh, names that I'm not familiar with, but I'm sure somebody can clue me into. Anyway, it's kind of fun in the Sunday funny versions of A Pocket Full of Fun, the ones that collect the Sunday comics, to see if you can find a Hank Ketchum Sunday mixed in there once in a while. Marcus clued me in that, you know, Hank would notch one of the panels, or at least he would notch his his panel borders on the daily cartoons so that you'd know it was a Hank Ketchum original as opposed to one of the assistants. And I wonder if the same is true for the Sundays. Are there any Sundays? And I, I think I came across one here that has a notch in it, so I'm pretty sure it's a Hank Ketchum. I should, I should, I should have asked Ron about that, but I never did. But anyway, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Hank talks about uh, the Sundays a little bit in an interview that Ron clued me in on on YouTube. Hank Ketchum and Bill Moyers. Uh, no. Hank Ketchum and Larry King. Bill Moyers, no. <laughs> Hank Ketchum and Larry King. In that interview, Hank talks about the Sundays and talks about how the assistants usually do those. That's why they're a different different animal, is the phrase. In fact, a caller called in and spoke about that a little bit. It was interesting uh, to, to hear that exchange. But anyway, I guess Hank, if he did do Sundays, they were pretty early in the series. So I'm looking over these pocket full of funds and I'm noticing in the ones that I have, which are, you know, collections of the comics from the 50s and 60s mostly, that Dennis's head is a little different. <laughs> his head's a little rounder in those early years than it, it gets later on. Yeah, his head is it's definitely rounder. Just like, you know, Charlie Brown's head gets rounder as time goes on and Dennis's becomes a little less round. 
I don't know what that means. You can think about that. Maybe, maybe there's something to be said for that. I don't know. I'm also, I've also got these paper cuts collections of the comic books of the Dennis the Menace comic books by Al Wiseman and Fred Toole and Owen Fitzgerald and Fred Toole. There are three volumes of these right now. Maybe there's a fourth one in the offing, and all three of them are wonderful. There is Dennis the Menace, the cult classic comic books by Al Wiseman and Fred Toole. That's volume one. Volume two is, again, the cult classic comic books, this time by Owen Fitzgerald and Fred Toole, with an intro, kind of interesting, by Gilbert Hernandez, another one of my absolute favorite cartoonists. Maybe one day we'll have a chance to talk to him. And uh, maybe about Dennis and maybe about some of his kid comics. That would be kind of cool. And then, of course, the third book is Dennis the Menace in Hawaii, the cult classic comic book by Al Wiseman and Fred Toole, which includes a never-seen-before Hank Ketchum interview. So if you are at all interested in Dennis the Menace, there are a couple of things to look for. The chronological collections of Dennis the Menace by Fanagraphics, there's, I don't know, four or five, maybe six volumes of that out before they stopped doing that for whatever reason. And then you can pick up these books from Paper Cuts, which are the comic books. And indeed, Dennis was quite the enterprise back in the day. We were all lucky for that because, uh, as I think I might have mentioned before, I remember reading these comics when I wasn't feeling too well. And they always brought a laugh, (laughs) helped the healing process whenever I was feeling under the weather, as kids often do. Well, okay, let's get to the matter at hand. Ron Ferdinand. We're going to talk Dennis. Let's talk to the man himself, Ron Ferdinand, who's been doing Dennis almost as long as Hank Ketchum himself. There's a lot of ground covered in this interview. Not only do we talk about Dennis the Menace and cartooning and all of that, but we also get into discussions about life in general, Ron's life. And there's some interesting facts about Ron that you may not know. So here we go. Ron Ferdinand and myself in conversation. I have no desire to retire. I, 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 I don't. See, the beauty of these characters was the design. <clears throat> they're, they're like so fun to draw, you know? Yeah. They're and yeah, so you never really get tired. And you never really feel like you mastered them. You know, I, 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 mean, I always look at my work and go, darn, I missed Alice there. I, I missed Henry there. I missed, you know. So it was always a challenge to kind of capture them, you know? There's a quality of the designs, the character designs. It's really kind of interesting. That sort of reflects a little bit on Ketchum's background. Oh, in, absolutely. In animation. Yes. You know, they're very lively. There's a, uh, that that quality of um, that organic quality that flowing from the pen, and there's a certain kind of freedom within yes. them. A structure too. But you know, when I started, I mean, the first thing he did was give me the model. You know, so remember I said my dream was so it was kind of like working at Disney because like he sent us out sketching. We had model sheets to work from, you uh-huh. know, like, now, like yeah, yeah. All the characters had model sheets that oh, Hank had drawn himself, you know. So that that's was part of it too, you know. He I mean they were all designed to be three D, you know, characters, you know, to work every way, you know. It's this blows me away because he he had literally designed the characters the way one would design them for an animation studio. Yes. Yeah. And and laid it out that way in in a lot of ways. I mean. F- after maybe 55 or so, Dennis is pretty much set, right? I mean, there's not a lot of change in, no. in 
in those characters early on dennis looks like he's maybe three oh, yeah you know but uh as time goes on he he gets to be about five or so i guess yeah. it, it, it seems well, like it, yes uh, hank every year he celebrates his sixth birthday then he goes back to being five. <laughs> i mean that was hank's you know thing you know, so yeah yeah so, so they're different from, you know, one of the things that I think about is that to draw Dennis and to draw, and I haven't drawn them in a long time. I used to play around with it. It was fun, but, um, they're, they're more giving and a little more rewarding in a way than trying to draw, trying to draw Charlie Brown is like the most frustrating thing. In oh, the world. it's that's hard. It's so hard. Yes. It's Charles Schultz's, you know, one little eye out of sync with the other exactly. and the whole thing is shot. Yeah. You know, and Dennis yeah. has a little more flexibility. Yes. In there. Yeah. You know. Playing around with it. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah it's, like, it's true. It's true. I've tried to do a Charlie Brown. It's 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 impossible. It it is impossible. Yeah. It's, you know, all of those it characters is. are so much a part of his own personal handwriting, and they're reflective of you know each idiosyncratic move of his hand. Right. Where, as as with. Ketchum's drawings and with yours and and then with Owen Fitzgerald's and there's the kind of freedom and I don't want to say that yes you know you still they're have to stay different. unmodelable unmodelable but different. I mean Owen's Dennis was different from like um what's his name Bob Bob Bugs or Bob Bugs yeah. Weissman or White they're all the Dennis you could tell they all had different styles yeah you know? yep very I mean, much they all worked to, on their on their on their on their levels. Well, it's the same way looking at Archie comics, you know, um, yes. Archie had different artists, you know, yep. uh, and Dan DiCarlo and Stan Goldberg and Harry Lucy. And you can tell each artist from the other. It's all still Archie. Yeah. But, you know, you look forward to the the different styles, you know, yes. and, uh, uh, Dennis is very much kind of like that in that way. Yeah. But whereas with Schultz, you look at something that doesn't look like Charlie Brown, you know, from the yeah, old comic yeah. books or something, and you go, oh, that's not Charlie Brown. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it's interesting because Weissman and, and Fitzgerald, two completely different styles. Yeah. <clears throat> but they both worked, you know. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Fitzgerald, I loved because he was loose. Yeah. You know, and he was, I just loved his line and, um, and, you know, but it was all very flowing and very loose, and it was, I, I love it. And then Weissman is very, stat, made very, you know, disciplined lines and straight lines, and, you know, and yet they both worked, you know? Yeah, they both worked. I mean, they're, they're two different approaches, and yeah, and, uh, Fitzgerald's, as you said, it's got that kind of organic quality, yes. and I can see that in what you do, and Weissman's work is kind of singular in a way, because it sort of takes that... There's, there is that quality in Ketchum that lends itself to being uh, interpreted in a, an architectural way. Yes, absolutely. And that's what Wiseman seems to yes. do. You yeah. Know? But it's Hank, kind of, Hank did it too, but in a looser way. I mean, Hank yeah. did a lot of beautiful oh, yeah. houses. I mean, you, you see, you know. But but then again, he didn't use a ruler, so that Amazing. line was never quite as <laughs> you know straight as... But it, he still nailed it, you know. It was, it was very he, he didn't... You know, drawing architecture is weird, you know, because if yes. you don't have the command of the line you know you have to use a ruler and, yes you know but if you have the command then it's cool to let it wiggle a little yes you know? absolutely uh, yeah. that was it that I mean, Hank's it. line wiggled but it's still uh, <laughs> it's, you can't explain it yeah you know so, Shane Glines have you heard of Shane Glines no he's an he's a teacher he, he's an artist too he's a cartoonist but uh -huh. he um he, if you go online, you'll see he does these teaching seminars. But he's a great artist too. 
but uh-huh. he said he commented he go what he does is he travels around and he brings samples of his favorite cartoonists you know oh, and oh then, okay yeah yeah and then so the, and he, you know he sits in the, he's in this library and he so he gets to hand catch him he goes now he goes now i don't really say this much about he goes but i i would have to say if Hank Ketchum is probably my favorite, you know, cartoonist. He, he said, you know, on this thing. So then he said, Hank was good his whole career. I, yeah. I thought that was, you know, he said some some cartoonists, they start out weak, they end up strong, they start out strong, they end up weak, you know, or whatever, as they evolve. He says, but Hank Ketchum was one of the rare artists that was good his whole career. You know, <laughs> I always love that. I just love the, the, that line, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's great. It's a great yeah. tribute to him. Right. Uh, and he was a taskmaster to himself too. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he was his own. Yeah. And you know, I, I guess you know, if it, some artists had a hard time with it. You know, some early on. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I. But I was but those, like, you know, <clears throat> I was like. But you those know, of you who stuck it out, you know, yourself and Marcus and well, others. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, Marcus and I are pretty similar in temperament. You know, we both, you know, there's no pride there. I mean, as far as, you know, he's not going to say anything that's going to offend me or, you know, it's like, what what he's saying is probably true, you know. And uh, But Hank was never nasty for the sake of being, you know, nasty. I mean, everything he said had a reason, you know. Yeah. And he was funny, too. He was very oh. funny. So <laughs> even when he was making, you know, even when he was telling you something that, you'd laugh you know i mean i laughed a lot he found a way to put it across in yes a, in, yeah yes that's a rare gift too yep yeah, it, yeah. Really is. it is so how has working on dennis evolved for you over the course of this what is it 40 years now it is, is it 40 40 um, oh. it'll be 40 let me see 81 to next year it'll be 40 40 years yeah. so you you're you're heading to i mean you'll have worked on dennis almost as long as he did <laughs> it, it, i wish i was as good i wish i uh, um yeah you know it's funny but it's it's all in different you know i started out training and then the comics and i mean then yeah it, it's just been a change it's been living in different places and but as I, I said it didn't really it doesn't really feel like work you know uh-huh. it, it's never did it, it always you well, know. what's the process like? Like, so how do you, how does your week go when you sit down to work on Dennis on the yeah, Sunday? Yeah, so I'll get, I get, I get scripts, you know, I'll get script, I email, I'll go through the scripts, send Scott my input on which ones I think would work. Mm-hmm. Then he'll go over them. Sometimes he agrees, you know, and they'll send it back and say, okay. So then I'll get, uh, I'll get the go ahead from Scott. He goes, all right, this, he'll make some suggestions um, verbally in the script or else, you know, he'll say something. So then I'll do a, a rough. I'll do a small rough, send him send him the rough, mm-hmm. and then he'll go over it, and he'll say, okay, yeah, you know, maybe change this, make this, and he's very good at doing the title. You know, with me, the titles are always like the title blog, you know, the title panel. Mm-hmm. I always kind of, I almost got to the point. So he's really approaching it from a whole fresh perspective now. So he has a lot of fun with the titles. Okay. And so he'll do these great titles, great lettering, great layout. You know, so the title page will be. So that's fun because then he, I'm, I'm let, you know, he's doing like all the thinking for the titles, and then I'll, you know, the rest of the strip I'll handle with the dialogue and everything. And yeah, so then I'll do a rough, and then he'll he'll make suggestions, and then I'll um, and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll do a finish. I'll do the ink, do the color guide, send him the ink and the color guide, and he'll sometimes he makes it, sometimes he he usually doesn't by that time. 
because you know I, I, I deadline you know we have to get it out mm -hmm. but sometimes yeah. he'll, he'll make he goes if it's not too late could you change this or that and i'll go sure you know no problem yeah so so that's pretty much it and then you know occasionally mark what marcus will say you know he'll throw me a couple of daily gags because you could you kind of you know squeeze these in if you get a mm -hmm. moment and uh whatever so i'll do yeah so i'll do a couple of dailies here and there uh-huh and the Sundays, and, yeah, so things are flowing pretty, you know, Scott and I have developed a real communication now, so we don't really have to say too much complicated stuff to get through it. I usually know exactly what he's saying, you know, what he wants, and he knows exactly where I'm going. So, yeah, so the communication has gotten less and less, you know, it's more by feel now, and we're feeling each other more. Yeah. So, and, yeah, I'm telling you, it's a dream, it's really <laughs> a dream situation. Has Scott inherited his father's criticality? Well, you know, he knows what he wants. I mean, he's he's respectful. You know, he is good. I mean, he, if he wants something one way, he'll he'll let me know. But it's not like a, a you know a power thing or anything. He just you know, and and he'll sketch it out. I mean, uh, most of the times, if he wants something, he will show me visually what he wants, and then I'll I'll have it. Sometimes, if he says something verbally, I'll kind of get the feel of what he's talking about, but not quite sure. So then, <clears throat> but no, no, he's not. He, he he's good with marcus and i we you know we really work well together oh that's you know? great yeah yeah How and as i said and i said i'm kind of like an you know i i babysat him when he was young and yeah. a couple of times and so i i watched him grow up so we have kind of a familial relationship you know it's and really so the, good the and business is like in his bones really oh yeah i mean he's good yeah and early on you know he i would hank would show me his paintings you know when he was in art school and and yeah he's he's very talented i mean he's he's really you know, and he, he he's kind of like Hank in that way. You know, he'll if you want something, certainly he'll 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 sketch it out. You know, and show you what he wants. So def, definitely, Stan, he's good with words. He's a good writer. He's a good writer. He's a good editor. You know, he's he's really you know, he's because Hank used to do that too. Hank was you know he he just know how to spin a phrase, how to take a, knock a word out, put a word, and Scott's kind of inherited that. You know. Yeah. How how many days does it take you to put together one Sunday? Is it like, you know, you're working nine to five, five days a week? Or? Well, it, it, you know, it, it, it's time consuming in the sense that, you know, I got to do the rough, send it, and then wait, you know, whatever. I mean, he usually gets back to me pretty quickly. Right. But yeah, so then it, it's, it's, it depends on, the, on, the, on what's in the, you know, some of them are more complicated than others, you know. Right. Some of them, Dennis goes to the department store, then you're, bam, you know, mm -hmm. you're, mm -hmm. you got things to draw, you know. Some of them are just discussions in the kitchen. With mm -hmm. Wilson or whatever, they get a kitchen table. You got, you know, so it really depends on the subject matter of the of the strip. Some of them take three or four days, you know. Sure. You know, some if you really got you got to research. What does this look like? What does that look like? <clears throat> and then, um, and some of them, you know, take a day and a half, two days, whatever. What What are some of the most challenging ones? Is it involve things like drawing everything at a department store or? Yeah, yeah. But so, try, as I said, we're trying to simplify them, you know. Because of the size they are, and then you know, it's it's no good to clutter them up too much, you know. Right. Which, so yeah, we we try to be simple and yet get what what you need in there. To tell and, the story. And, and how are the expressions too? You know, you have to really work. You know, get the right expression, get the right lettering. I mean, it's it's tough. It, it just comes instinctively after a while, but you know, you don't think about it. You know. Right. But then, and does, is Hank like looking over your shoulder in your mind? Did <laughs> you? As you're working, I, you know, I have his stuff. I have uh, a couple of his things around my desk, so he's never too far. 
<laughs> you know, and it's um, yeah, yeah. I, I I'll tell you, I, I I was really lucky, you know, to meet Hank. You know, I mean, he really even Scott has said it. You know, he goes, he goes, you, my dad was kind of like a father to you, and which is true. Uh-huh. You know, my father died when I was really young. You know, working with Hank and you know having going through that whole season of life. You know, having kids. I had my kids out there. I put my house out there, and um, and having Hank there, it, it really was kind of a almost a, a paternal relationship in a sense. I mean, he didn't get too personally involved. You know, he tried to keep it. You know, because he had his own family. But I mean, there was a real. You know, and and Hank always used to tell me. You know, when I would draw something, and I come in, I lived in an apartment my whole life. So then when I was out there drawing lawns, drawing fences, yeah. he goes, "Haven't you ever looked at a fence for? You know, he would be on me. He goes." He goes, why don't you get by one of these and, you know, see, <laughs> see what it's like to have a real fan, you know. So he was always spurring me on to get, you know, stuff in my life that was real, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you think about these things later and you go, wow, you know, it was really what an influence he did have on you, you know. Sure. He, he, and, he made uh, you look. Yes, you know? yes. And he was, you know, he was, when I went, bought my first house, he, he came over, bought a bottle of champagne, you know, and. Him and his wife and the, and the kids, you know, they came and celebrated. So it was really, you know, it was a great relationship. It know? sounds like it. And it sounds yes. like he saw something in you. Yes. Beyond the artwork, you yes. know, he it, saw something in you that he knew he could cultivate. Yeah. And, and that was part of it, too, because um, before I got hired, um, the other two people had already been working there for a few months. And they told me later on, they said, you know, because this thing went out, the interview with Judd Hurd, the magazine, he was getting inundated with them. Um, Sure. Submissions, and they would they would they would actually be working there, in the in the office, and he'd come in with one of the um, resumes or portfolios, and he'd throw it on the desk, and he'd say, "What do you think of this?" And he and they'd look at it, and it would be some seasoned illustrator, mm-hmm. and they'd look at this guy's stuff, and they go, "It was unbelievably beautiful, you know, very magnificent stuff," and they'd go, "Oh well, I guess I'll be you know picking up my last paycheck next week," and then Hank would go, "No," he goes, "I can't use this guy." Because he's already got his style, he's got everything down, you know, mm-hmm. I need something I can, you know, whatever. So, that worked, the fact that I was green, and I really hadn't done much, worked in my favor, you know. To, and another good thing was, I drew the character, you know, when I sent him my initial um, submission, it was this, it was all the characters. Right. I just went out, bought the books, did pens, and, and pens, I didn't ink anything, I just... Pencil sketch the characters. They were telling me all these people were sending in their work. No one was sending in like Dennis, you know, their their version of Dennis. They were just sending in their accomplished, you sure. know, work. But Hank would look at it and say, "Well, you know, this guy's got his own, you know, whatever." So that kind of inadvertently worked in my favor too. The fact that I decided to send sketches of the characters, you know, I mean, I still have them and I look at them and I go, "Well, they're okay," you know, but um. <laughs> Yeah, so evidently that was a you know a smart thing that I did unknowingly was just send you know what uh, so yeah so he was looking for people that he could kind of mold and that's amazing yeah yeah you know and that and it's amazing sometimes how these things work out it's just like sometimes it's meant to be you know it sounds like it was the perfect gig for you right you were the perfect guy for him exactly you know Uh, so. What kind of changes have has the you know the newspaper business has gone through a oh, lot I of changes know. and so so how has that impacted you the way you work Dennis the Menace in general? 
Well, you know, the thing is, I'm I'm in an area here where I get for uh, I get um I'm in upstate New York, right in the, near the Cats and Catskill region. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Uh, I'm near Binghamton, New York. Oh, you're right here. Yeah, not too far oh, away wow. at all. You know, my son worked in in Binghamton for a while at the um, paper. Oh, at the not, oh not really? No, he worked in um was it the heck is it? I forgot I'm drawing a blank. Cortland. Oh, okay, Cortland. Sure, not yes, too far. Yes, he worked there. Either. He worked there for a while, for a year, I think. Uh huh. And Cortland as an editor, as no, as a reporter, as a crime reporter. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh, and he. So anyway, so locally, I get. I get the Poughkeepsie Journal. I get the Kingston paper. I get the uh, the Star Trek, the, the 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 Jersey paper. Okay. And, and Dennis is, in, in all, you know, so Dennis is still in like. Three or four of the papers that I... He's not in the record. He's okay. not in my local paper, unfortunately. <laughs> the funny thing was, when I moved back here, they had ju- they had just dropped it. It was funny, because they had just dropped it in the local... Because I, I, when I used to come over and, to see my relatives in the 90s and stuff, in the 80s, when I was come up here on vacation, he was in there. So then, uh, I think a year or so before I um, came back, they had, they had already dropped the daily, and then the, the Sunday, they had dropped. So when I moved back here, the first thing I did was contact the paper... <laughs> and uh, tell them, uh, I was living in Pine Bush, you know, which is a lo- local town. And I said, you know, I'm living. And they were like, wow, the, the, the Dennis the Menace Sunday artist lived. So they sent a reporter out and did like a whole like center page article on me. The reporter came out, took my picture, my little home. I was working out of my house and, you know, did a big interview with me. And they said, Dennis, and the headline was Dennis Artist. They never put it back in the paper. <laughs> it was so weird. You know, I thought, this is it. I'm back in. Because they yeah. really, it was really like they were really excited, you know. And then I thought, okay, I, and and you know, the time went on, it, it never came back. So I was kind of like, what the heck? Oh so man, they, you. So then every year for a while, I would kind, and they'd say, they'd say it, it really wasn't their decision. They'd say it was done by uh, the, the the head, pa- you know, the the other paper which owns their paper, or you know, they kept like you know saying it's it's out of their control, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. that was I just thought that was funny, you know. I mean, I I, I think you can still see it if you go online on record <laughs> online. On the record, it's still on there. I'll look for it. <laughs> but anyway, but I'm still in like three, three or four papers around here. Yeah. That you can get, you know, locally. So I'm not feeling, you know, I know some areas, I know I talk to people, they go, well, we, we haven't gotten Dennis. So I don't really know. I mean, I try to stay away from the business end of it, numerically anyway, the numbers. Scott's, you know, on all that stuff. So I'm like, I don't even want to know, really, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of do it. I see him in my papers. That's good enough for you know what I mean. I, mean, I <laughs> well, know the whole industry's. I know the whole industry is really in trouble. Well, it is, and that's especially that's, now. Oh my God, with this virus thing. Oh man. Oh yeah, things are t- things are terrible. Oh. Nobody wants to handle a newspaper, you know. Oh, uh, question yes. of h- handling cardboard. I mean, we yes, get the exactly. You know, I got an envelope today <laughs> and oh, picked it up. You know, and I'm like, what do I do, man? Do I? Yeah, I mean, nobody's buying it. I bought the Sunday uh, Poughkeepsie Journal, mm-hmm. and it was like the paper was like four pages. It was thin, thin little nothing, and yeah. it did have the comic section still in it. But I'm thinking, wow, there's nothing. Nobody's buying ads. Whatever. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's <clears throat> one of the papers I saw in the Daily Cartoonist. I think it was. I can't remember where this was, but it was somewhere out west. Um, you know, paper just canceled all of its comics, canceled oh, the entire man. comics page, you know, because yeah. uh, they they can't afford yes, features, yes. you know, Absolutely. and they don't want to let people go. 
Yes. And, you know. Yep. So uh, my son, my son is actually working for the for the Herald, the Record, the local. Oh, page. okay. And he's an editor now. Yeah. So he, they just started. Um, you know, he he, he kind of he day on day off because they don't want to let anybody go either. So they're kind of you know trimming his time back and. But he's still, yeah. you know, thank God he's still got a job, you know. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean sure, it, 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 journalism has to continue, uh, and I'd love to see newspapers continue, although, you know, yes. at the same time it's frustrating because, yes. like, for example, I've said this many times on this show, we had here in Binghamton, we had two great papers when I was growing up, and then uh-huh. I think there were three before, and then they merged and were bought out by Gannett. And then Gannett has sold them like in the last two years. And I was hoping for a change in the paper, but literally it's, it's, you know, it's gotten so thin and while they have a really nice comic section, I have to say, give them that, uh, the daily comic section, the Sunday comic section is terrible. Dennis is still there, but it's uh-huh. like, you know, instead of being, you know, eight pages filled right. with wonderful comics, like it was when I was a kid. Instead, it's two pages. Yes. Mostly, there's advertisements, and and you know you can barely see the Sunday comics because yes. what used to be a half a page is now like a not even a third of a page. It's I even know. smaller. I know. So I, it's I, very frustrating uh, it, for those of us. I, I love that, newspaper comics, you know. Yeah, the Daily News. This is going back several years. Yeah. They cut their um down from four pages to two. Mm-hmm. So I remember when that came out because um. Walker, um, Greg Walker sent out a thing. They were drop. They were going to drop Beetle, you know. Yeah. So they said if anybody wants to put it. So I wrote to the news, you know. I said I'll put in a good, you know. I said I grew up on Beetle Valley and sent in. <clears throat> but that's before I realized that they actually dropped not only Beetle but they dropped two whole pages of comics. Yeah. So it wasn't just like they were dropping Beetle Valley. They were dropping, you know, two a bunch of things. Two, yeah, it was crazy, you know. It's, it's, uh, you know, and the, and the, the post, which actually the New York post, which ran Dennis, mm-hmm. they don't have a, any comics anymore. Right. You know, yeah. they dropped their whole comics thing. And that's her, that's our, 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 um, our business, our owners or her, oh. you know, <laughs> you Hearst mean and it's owned by Hearst. Oh my God. I yes. They're owned by Hearst and they, they dropped the comics and it was nice because they used to run the Dennis Sunday on Saturday because they didn't have a Sunday comic section. So they would run Dennis in black and white on the, the Sunday Dennis on Saturdays, which I thought was really cool to see in black and white. Yeah, that is cool. You know. So anyways, yeah. So then they just all of a sudden they just drop their whole comics thing. You know. Man, it's it's no there's no telling where it's, it's headed. And know. and as much as like you know, and I have to tell you, I get most of my comics, most of the comics I get in my Instagram feed. Yeah. You know? Oh really? And I enjoy that. I yeah. do. But it's yeah. not, the, you know, and I sound like an old geezer, yeah, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. As, and, and I have to tell you, a couple of years ago, DC Comics started putting out this thing. I think it was called Wednesday Comics. And it was a beautiful, big um, uh, news, newspaper style. It was like the old Sunday uh-huh. comic sections. And they had all of their characters in these short little stories. And it ran for like four weeks. And I was so inspired by it. But, and, and a buddy of mine was too. We got together and we published uh, for four issues. That's all we could end up doing. Um, this this uh, anthology of independent cartoonists, uh, each getting a big page, 17 by 24. And newsprint, you know. And I love doing that. I was so, it was a thrill to do that. Yeah. But you know, it couldn't stay. You know, in comic shops, it, it wasn't going to sell in big numbers. Yeah, and we couldn't stay in business. So okay, but we did it for four issues. But there's a thing about it, man. I, I just love yeah, the, I know. you know, the 
the old, you know, I, I grew up, uh, New York daily news, Sunday comics, uh-huh. and, you too. know, Dondi on one page on oh, the back yeah. page and Dick Tracy on the front. Absolutely. You know, that was it, my thing too. Yeah. Dick Tracy. Every Saturday night I go down to the candy store. Yeah. They dump it on the, on the sidewalk and I'd see Dick Tracy because the Sunday comics was the wraparound, right? Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That was, that was it, man. And that was a great thing, you know. I know, I and, know. You know, as as fun as it can be to find all of this different diverse comics online, and it yeah. is fun. It's great, yeah. and it it's got a lot of great benefits. There's still that thing about, man, newspaper. Comics. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It you is. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there'll be some kind of renaissance down the road. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? You you just don't know. Yeah. And going through what we're going through now. Yeah. I'm telling. I'm hoping this is. But know. Dennis is thriving still. And well, you know, Dennis, still... you know, my my daughter is a um, my daughter-in-law is a third grade teacher in in Kingston, not in Kingston, in um, Red Hook. Uh huh. Bro- in keeps... Brooklyn. No, no, <clears throat> up here, Red Hook. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a Red Hook up here. <clears throat> so anyway, she teaches third grade. So every year I do her class, you know, except oh, this great. year, class because. But anyway, so what I do is she has like 27, 28 kids in her class. So I'll come in and I'll do a presentation, but a week before I go, she'll ask the class, she'll go, and these are third graders, and she'll go, all right, how many have heard of Dennis the Menace? And maybe one or two hands will go up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's like, yeah. So um, anyway, no, she's uh, two weeks before I come. So then she'll raise, you know, they get one or two hands. So I'll, I'll send her, I'll give her a bunch of comic books. She'll go on YouTube and show the cartoons. She'll show the black and white TV show. <clears throat> She'll show um, the comic books. I'll do some sketches. <clears throat> so by the time I get there, these kids are so pumped up for Dennis, you know, because they've seen all this different stuff that Dennis is in, you know, all these different incarnations of Dennis on YouTube, on, you know, whatever. And, and um, so then they're all jazz. So by the time I get there, so I'm thinking, you know, Dennis has such a history yeah. that oh, it yeah. really wouldn't take much, you know, to just revive, you know, to get the excitement going, you know. I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, whatever. Well, well, you know, Paper Cuts is putting out the comic books. Uh, you know, at least they were. They've got three volumes of Wiseman, Fitzgerald, Fred Tool yes, comics. I, I got, yes, and, you, awesome. and if those are in libraries or something, yes. you know, yes. you can get those in the hands of kids. Right. Um, you know, yeah. because Dennis is a character who would appeal, I think. Well, to, actually, to Warner children. Brothers. Warner Brothers is supposed to be working on another film. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Scott, Scott told me. Scott told me they've been in touch with him. So they don't know. At one point, a couple of years ago, remember that movie, The, the Doll? The Doll. No, I don't horror. know that one. With the girl okay. from um, Walking Dead. One of these. Oh, one, okay. She plays a, 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 um, a nanny in England. Okay. And she goes to take care of this kid, and it's a doll. Oh. It was a horror, it was a horror movie. Okay. Anyway, I forget who did it. But the, the guy who wrote that was supposed to be working on a screenplay for the next Dennis movie. <laughs> I mean, this is what okay. I, I, I even read in Variety or something, the writer, whatever. It wasn't going to be a horror movie, but it was the same writer who had done that. So then, and that, that was a couple of years ago. So I don't know what happened with that. But Warner Brothers still has the rights to, you know, the film rights. Yeah. And they keep, every once in a while, we keep hearing that they're going to, you know, come up with another. So who knows? You know, yeah. I mean, well, it's, it, yeah, the, 
that could give the fran- franchise a big boost and and introduce it to a whole new generation. Oh, yeah. No, definitely, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, Jay North is still out there doing the the, the shows, signing the eight by tens. Oh, is he really? Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's still out. Yep. He still uh, does so, that. I know it, it's. It's it's funny. I mean, the world. It, it's I I I feel sorry for any any any. Look at all the major actors now who are doing like Netflix movies or Hulu yeah. movies. You know, all these big, hot, you know, amazing star stars are doing like these, you know, these Netflix movies and stuff. You know. Yeah, and so and and people not want don't want to go to a theater now. And, yes, all that, know, that now especially. Yeah, we just we just watched De Niro and Pacino in The yes, Irishman, right. and I mean, look at that they're doing. That was Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Netflix. So Scorsese have, film. Yes, I, imagine that. Who would have dreamt years ago that Scorsese would be doing Netflix movies? Yeah, sure, I mean, sure. But you know, it's not that I'm not downplaying that, but I'm saying it's a whole new market now. Yeah, you know, it's a whole new ball game. Yeah. So you know. And when I read um, most of my King Features comics, uh, I subscribe to online. You know, yeah. I go to comicskingdom.com right. and pick yeah. up Dennis there. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. And, and I just uh, few, read uh, most of the stuff there. Yeah, I just did a few um, separate, you know, um, social distancing cartoons. Uh, on my own. I just I just did them on my own in the morning. I would post them on Facebook or something, you know, <clears throat> just on the topic. Just to kind of loosen up in the morning, you know, I do some sketches and I post them. So I sent them to Scott, and you know, Scott said, "Yeah, let's." Kind of, so I just talked to King Features today, and they're going to put them on their site. Oh, you know. cool! And yeah, just trying to get, you know, you got to stay current, you know, just try to get them out there, and they, they loved them. They said, "Oh, these are great," you know, we'll use. So evidently, they're going to post them somewhere on on the Comics Kingdom site or, or something, you know, just to kind of stay current, stay, because it's a natural. Would they? I mean, be- yeah. Of course, you know, is there a feature in Dennis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I had one with Mr. Wilson sitting by the window um, with his hands behind his back, behind his head, and he's, you know, in a comfortable position, and Dennis is outside looking at him through the window, and he's telling Mar- he's telling Martha, Martha, he goes, I should have thought of this social distancing thing years ago. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's such a natural for, um, you know, for Dennis. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's... It's just a constant challenge to kind of just stay. Um... But then again, we're not going. I don't think we're going to use it in the strip because you know in the strip will not. You know, it's not a current event thing. You know, like I yeah. think it would be out of character. I, at least that's what I'm getting the feel of from Scott that, you know, he doesn't want to bring this whole disaster into um, Dennis's world. You know. Right, and because I mean, you know, Dennis is, is in. You know, a, I mean, it's a distinct fictional world. Yes. Yes. You it's know. not. A, political strip it's not right you know, a exactly. strip exactly yeah. and i guess that's one of the things that it's easy from an outside perspective to think oh you know dennis should be shouldn't wear overalls anymore dennis yeah. should right. you know be more current but at the same time if you've built this this world you realize there's a delicate balance yeah. in regard to how it works and right. introducing like current events into it sort of is not Right, in terms of the daily strip in the newspaper, exactly. is kind of uh, it puts it off balance a little bit. Yes, which is what, what, what that was Hank's big, you know, complaint with the uh, Deke cartoons. You know, they were Dennis was fighting secret agents over in you know Moscow and stuff like that or whatever. Yeah, and that, that for to Hank that was like incomprehensible. You know, 
even the movie, you know, with Matt now, it all takes place in the neighborhood, you know. Actually, you remember the film they had, um, what's his name, a Switchblade Sam? They had the Switchblade Sam character. Uh-huh. Which was the guy from Taxi, um, what's his uh, name? You know, the this airhead, the, 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 you know, the guy. Jim. Yeah. You know, Jim from Taxi. Oh, oh, Jim from Taxi, yes. Okay, yeah. He was in uh, Back to the Future. Yes. Yeah. Right. I can't so remember his name. Yeah, yeah. He played the, um, you know, Switchblade Sam, who's this, like, creepy guy who walks around the neighborhood in, in, the, in the Dennis movie. And then at the end, he kidnaps Dennis, you know. Like and, a home alone kind of thing. Yes. And um, and I remember at the time thinking, you know, to Hank, I said, wow. And, you know, he, he actually, he was pretty evil. You know, he, I mean, he was funny, but he wasn't. And um, like he steals Margaret's doll. One day he's walking down the street and he sees, sees Margaret's doll. And he steals her doll just for the sake of it, you know, for stealing it, you know. <laughs> so he was kind of a nasty guy. Yeah. But, uh, and then at the end, you know, they're all, even Wilson mellows. And he's out looking for Dennis. You know, they're all out looking for Dennis. And um, and I told Hank, I said, well, isn't this, wasn't that kind of like extreme, you know, a little yeah. tense? And Hank agreed with it. He said, he goes, if you don't have a life or death situation in a movie, you're going to lose the, your audience. You know, mm-hmm. so he kind of, you know, he kind of said, I, I could see why, you know, he did that. Because yeah. it, even like Home Alone, you know, they were going to use Macaulay Culkin, but I think at that point he was doing Home Alone 2 or something. Oh, for, yeah, for, maybe for, getting a little old. It was older. John Hughes, you know, it was John Hughes. Uh, right. He produced it. He didn't direct it, but he produced it and wrote it. He wrote the screenplay, you know. You know, it's interesting um, because I, I when I think about those comic books that I used to read, it's interesting how close, how inventive they were, but how close they held to the world of the comic strip in the sense that it, it was, you know, you didn't have necessarily, you know, evil villains showing up. Yes. It, it was all right. pretty domestic. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, you know, then they did the Dennis Goes to Hawaii, Dennis yeah. Goes here, Dennis Goes there. Those were all, those were always fun. Oh yeah, and we, oh, Mark, you know, not if Marcus told you, but we were lucky enough to get in on the tail end of that whole. Hank sent us to Hawaii. Oh man, no, he didn't. Yeah, tell me. yeah, that was great. Like that was you, you know, but it wasn't for a comic. It was for the the the, the newspaper. He did like he did three weeks of Hawaiian gags, and then two Sundays, you know, sandwich in there. So um, <laughs> yeah, so Marcus and I got to go to you know Hawaii with our wives. Nice, man. and that was fun. You know, we did. I the, the funny thing was the two Sundays I did were both on the plane, one going, <laughs> one going there and one coming back. So the Sundays had nothing to do with being in Hawaii. <laughs> they were both on the plane there and back. Hey, listeners! I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope you're enjoying today's interview. If you are and you want to show support, head on over to my Patreon page. That's Patreon.com/slash Jeff Grogan. At Patreon, you can contribute as little as a dollar on a regular basis to ensure the longevity of this podcast. Your support will help keep it not only commercial-free, but free to the listening public. And in exchange, you'll get some pretty neat stuff. There are at least three different tiers. Each level offers its own distinct rewards. So check it out today at patreon.com slash jeffgrogan, G-E-O-F-F-G-R-O-G-A-N. Any amount is welcome, and your support is greatly appreciated. Thanks again, and that's patreon.com slash Jeff Grogan. But Marcus did all the, you know, 
So while we were, I don't know if he, he, so he didn't tell you any of this Hawaiian stuff, huh? No, he didn't tell me yeah, about Yeah, so Hawaiian one day we would, you know, touring around and stuff, and we went to, uh, and they have Don Ho's. You remember Don Ho? Yeah, of course. So we, there were Don Ho's. There were restaurants at the, um, at a couple of malls. They had Don Ho restaurants. So we went, you know, we went, we said, let's go in there. So we went to Don Ho, and who's sitting there but Don Ho? <laughs> he just happened to be there that day, and there he is with the uh, big straw hat on. And he's his, you know, flowered shirt. And he was sitting like a couple tables away. And we looked at him. He said, Marcus, isn't that Don Ho? So we went over and introduced ourselves. And we did a sketch with him and posed for pictures. And, you know. Did Don Ho show up in that Hawaiian comic book? I don't remember. No. He no. Did okay. I don't think he. I, I was thinking about it. I don't know. I, did Dennis go to Hawaii? I'm not sure. Actually, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I haven't looked at it. But that was a lot. Yeah. That, actually, that I think is the best. Isn't that like the bestseller ever, Dennis? Yes, yeah, bestseller ever. the top ten best-selling comics ever or something? In the history, yeah, I know. It's pretty impressive. Right. Yeah, I can't remember So we just happened to luck out and get in on the tail end of... Because he (laughs) did that all the time with his artists. You know, all those travel books, they they all got to... Like Fred Toole used to tell us, every time they did Dennis Goes Here, Dennis Goes There, they got to go, him, him and one of the artists, you know? What was Fred Toole like to work with? You know, Fred was a nice, great guy. You know, he was quiet. He was a very quiet guy. Mm-hmm. And very. And he had a nice little house. And, and, and we'd go over there. Okay, him and Molly. Molly was a very sweet, outgoing lady. And they, they never had any kids, you know. Mm-hmm. So everything, Fred had all these books on child psychology. Yeah. You know, in his bookcase. And he, but he, did, he was a great writer, you know. He, he managed to, um, to write some... And yes, but he was very soft-spoken... Very quiet guy, but you know he he's just he was really nice, you know. Now he worked on. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with the comic books, but did he work on the the comic strips as well? Did he write for those? Yes, he wrote. He when when I was there, he was writing Sundays. Yeah. Okay. And then he retired eventually. I, while I was there, yeah, he a couple of years, he made the transition. You know, he wrote the comics, the Marvel deal, and yeah. then when that was over, he Hank put him on. But then we had no more comics, so then. He, I think he was writing Sundays for a while, and then I think they just kind of, you know, said... So he retired, you know, and he stayed. But he stayed, you know, we still saw, saw him, but he, he kind of backed off a bit at that point, you know, from, from writing. Did you ever meet uh, Wiseman or Fitzgerald? No. No? Okay, they no, were I gone what long before. I met Lee Holly. You know Lee Holly, right? I'm not familiar with... Ponytail. Remember the strip Ponytail? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he worked for Hank. You know, he started out with Hank, young guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did Sundays in comics. And then he he was another one. He loved Hank, and they had a great relationship. He um, he really... So I, 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 commun- I talked... I mean, I wrote to him over the years, but never... I met him, unfortunately, at Hank's funeral. You know, that was oh, the first man. time I met him. But yeah, he, he started out with Hank. And then he had, had been working on this ponytail character who was actually a teenage version of, Den, you know, the style by that time was Hank. So um, Hank was all for it, you know. He said, go for it, you know. So he said, so Hank, but Hank loved him, you know. So Hank was sorry. And then he sold it. He sold ponytail, you know. So then he left. And um, and um, Lee was sorry because he, he, he never had anything but kind, you know, he said Hank was great. He loved Hank. And Hank said, I think he, you know, he left a little too early. You know, from for me, from my, I really liked him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then, but then he he made a fortune in real estate, and he was a pilot. He had his own plane, and then a couple of years ago, he was in Monterey flying, and he crashed. Oh man, that's yeah, terrible. His plane took off, and then d- just made a beeline, n- nosedived into the 
to the ocean. Or the oh, that's awful. And yeah, it was a shocker. You know, uh, I, I actually, uh, I just pulled up Ponytail uh, on my my iPad, uh-huh. and I, I remember seeing this. I've seen it many times, yeah. and it's beautifully done. It's yes. A, a yes. wonderful strip. Yeah. But it didn't have as much success as he would have hoped. Well, yeah. You know, I, I think he had maybe 20, 15, 20 years, whatever it was. Well, that's that's pretty darn successful. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, it got it got you know for a while there it was doing well. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I mean, he he kind of and then he was by that time he was rich though. They tell you, yeah, because I I mean I knew people who knew him and he said yeah he invested he made some good investments and so he's he was he was doing okay you know yeah that's and, great. Uh, and then he did some Warner Brothers. I think he did Bugs Bunny too. I because a few of the things he sent me he had Bugs in him mm-hmm. and Pig. So I think he was doing some Warner Brothers stuff too for a while there. Was oh. doing doing a, a you know working on your own strip is that something that ever appealed to you or was you, you know, know I tried before I, I I did a couple of submissions with the syndicates before I um I, while I was still looking for work you know before mm-hmm. even before I got in touch with that you know and I got my rejection letters and stuff and then the funny thing was one of the writers was um one of Hank's writers had an idea for a strip. So he contacted me and he said, Ron, I have this idea for the strip. And um, and Hank found out, you know, I don't know how he found I think he was listening because he would call me in the office. The strip was going to be about, it was going to be called Gravestones. And it was, so it would involve very little, it was just going to be different gravestones with famous people. And it said, you know, they died from this or that, you know, in relate some kind of relation to their lives. You, nice. know, you know, it was going to be one of those things. <laughs> and Hank, you know, he told me, I, 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 somehow or other he found out about it and he said, Ron... You know, I really, you know, I hired you for Dennis, and I re- appreciate it if you would concentrate on... And I had just started, you know, so I, w- I was relatively new. I see. I mean, he didn't threaten me. He just kind of said, Ron, I would appreciate it if you would kind of, you know, keep your, you know, eyes on Dennis right now because you're straight. Yeah, so, I mean, so that was it. Once he said that, I said, fine. And, you know, I don't think the strip would have gone anywhere anyway that, you know. He wanted, you know, he did want us to, um, you know, focus. focus on, yeah. yeah. And that's why he hired you, and and yes, absolutely. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I was, I would never, I, I mean, I was just talking to this guy because he had the, I, I never, you know, would, even if it meant, you know, if there was, you know, if I had gotten an inkling that, you know, it was going to be any kind of problem, I would have said no. Yeah. But some of these writers, you know, they, they got all sorts of irons on the fire, you know. Well, I guess being freelance, you know. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely, I can understand that. So. Yeah. So I don't even know whatever he ended up passing away, you know, but. Um, and and do you do um is Dennis your sole artistic occupation or do you oh, yeah. do, like freelance? Yep. Dennis is it okay? Yeah, Dennis is it. I mean, I so, do, I do you know fan, I, I amazingly a lot of fan mail so still. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yes. yeah. Someone I, I, a few months ago, someone someone I saw your post on somebody posted something somewhere, because I was all of a sudden I got inundated with fan requests. <laughs> And I didn't know what, you know, all from email. And I didn't know what. And one, one person said, I saw that you're doing, you know, sketches, whatever, you know. And, um, and I, you know, I do them. And, and I, you know, I, I love to do them. You know, Hank, surprisingly, the, the, his biggest thrill was waiting for the mail to come. Oh, yeah? Yes, it would come. And he, he did his, he did, he did all fan mail. He loved answering fan mail. He would, I mean, if you go on eBay, I, I, I bought several of his, of his um, sketches that he did for fans, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, he was doing those five by seven index cards, you know. So uh-huh. I bought a couple. I bought a couple on eBay over the years, you know, that he's done. Yeah, he loved answering, you know, fan mail. Oh man, that's great. So I do that. So I get, you know, I get a certain amount of that, and then there's charity, you know, auction the pieces here and there. Uh huh. 
you know. Yeah, which, you've got enough to keep on your plate. Well, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's enough to do. I mean. Without actually having to, to yeah, sure. <laughs> and especially at this point in your career, you you know, you don't oh, need yeah. to search for work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm, I am. I, um, and do you do conventions? Do you, uh, you know, go to comics? You know, I, it's not, no, I, I've really cut back on traveling a bit, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't really enjoy you know traveling anymore. I mean, as far as flying to you know wherever, you know, I I just yeah I'll do we I've done a couple of local things and mm-hmm. schools you know I'll do like schools and like my daughter-in-law school and stuff like that occasionally. But yeah, right. like, you know the convention thing you know I'm I'm kind of like played out. <laughs> it's a it's a different. Did you do that when you were younger? Did you? Well, I used to you know the the National Cartooner Society yeah. every year. I went you know. I mean, Hank, when, by the time I, I, I came on board, Hank had already done his stint in the 60s with the NCS, you know. Mm-hmm. He was like there. If you look in the early NCS pictures from the late 50s, early 60s, Hank's yeah. there. You know, it's Hank, Mort Walker, you know, all these guys, you know, Milt Kniff, you know. Yeah, the big ones. So by the time I came on board, Hank was kind of like, you know, not really that involved with them anymore. But they did, you know, he won the um, Jerry, the what is it called? The... the the, Ru- the Ruben, Ruben he, it was the Billy DeVeck Award before it was the Ruben Award. I think it became the Ruben Award in like late sixties, whatever it became it. But before that was the Billy DeBeck. Oh yeah, okay. which was like a plaque. It was some kind of plaque. So what they did was later on, they ex- everyone who had won the Billy Billy DeBeck Award, they exchanged. They gave him a Ruben, you know. <laughs> okay. And, you know to 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 give them because they, it was like the Ruben became the Ruben. So he did his um. So they did it, and I, I think, um, who was in, Mel Lazarus, I think, was president at the time. And he was like, they, so they were going to award Hank his room. So he had to do it in Carmel, because Hank couldn't travel anywhere, you know. So, you know, Mel <laughs> Lazarus was funny. He says, I have to go to the guy's backyard to do this presentation, you know. <laughs> he's not going to show up, you know. <laughs> So yeah, so they did this. It wasn't so you know they had it in, um, but it wasn't the Reuben weekend. It was like the, a special thing they did where they presented Hank with his Reuben award, you know. But it was funny, you know. It was in his funny. backyard. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but he did go to San Francisco. We do, we did it one year in San Francisco, which he came to, you know. So that was fun. Yeah. And that yeah. and I, I you know more workers more trucker just passed away, you know Mad Magazine. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, on, a, I on, on Facebook I told a story. <clears throat> I was up in San Francisco for that. <clears throat> and Hank was there, so <clears throat> I had never met Ward Drucker before, and he was one of my idols, you know. Mm-hmm. Growing up, oh my God, you know, Mad Magazine. The oh, we all actors. loved him. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that was it for me. You yeah, know? he was amazing. Oh yeah, just incredible. Yeah. So he was there, you know. So I had my, you know, I, during the dinner there was like a little social time. So I went over to him, trembling, you know, and I said, Mort, I just wanted to say that, you know, I'm a, I, I grew up on your work, and I'm a big fan of yours. So he's a very nice guy. You know, have you ever met him? No, I never had the pleasure. Yeah, very humble guy, very very sweet. And so he looks at me, and he looks down at my name tag, and I had it was Ron Ferdinand, uh, Hank Ketchum Enterprises, you know, something like that, on the uh, on my name tag. It had either had Dennis the Menace or Hank Ketchum, whatever it was on there. So he looks down at it, he goes, "You you work for Hank Ketchum?" <laughs> so I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I want to." He goes, "Could you introduce me?" <laughs> you know. God. So I was like, "Are you kidding?" You know. So I actually had the pleasure. I, I brought him over to Hank, and I said, Hank, this is more Drucker, you know. And he, he was like a kid. He said, Mr. Ketchum, I'm a huge fan. You know, so it was so funny seeing that, you know, oh, coming from him, you know. 
unbelievable. Yeah, we, yeah. So they had a great kind. Of, I stood there and listened to the two of them talking, you know, about the old days and you know the old in the early '60s and stuff. And oh my yeah. Gosh. So I was blown away that he had never met. You know, he was like a kid. He said, "Could you introduce me?" You Isn't know? that strange to you yes. know one know. of your idols and, yes. and he's idolizing your boss? I know. It was oh incredible. Incredible. Indeed. And Hank certainly sounds like he was a great boss. He, oh, he was. No, he was a great guy. I mean, I had nothing but good memories, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure Karen, and Karen too, you know, she loved him. And, he, um, and Marcus. You know, Marcus, you know, never really, he was, <clears throat> worked with him directly on one-on-one. Right. Except for that week. But we had fun that week, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, well, it, was, it was great. We hit it off right away, Marcus and I, you know. Yeah, and he's a great guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, altogether, it sounds like a great experience. And oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you couldn't have, you couldn't have made it up, you know. Yeah, no way. And, or you couldn't have foreseen it. You couldn't have. The way it happened was just unbelievable, you know. Yeah. And but it also seems to have happened to two of the, the greatest guys, yourself and Marcus, who, really, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. yeah, were perfect for the job. And, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and Dennis owes his longevity in part, not only, obviously, to Hank and his tutelage, but also to the work that you've done. And, well, you know, yeah. in my small way, I guess, you know. <laughs> I mean. Well, hey, I, man. Well, you know what I do? On, like on Facebook, I every day I post a Hank, classic Hank cartoon, you know. Oh, you do? Okay. I do. I mean, I have I have about 50 fans, 50 followers, you know. So I, I just try to do my best, you know, to keep um, Hank's work out there, you know. I don't have to do much because if you go on, there's, there's all sorts of Hank, you know, fan clubs like Shane Glines, you know, he's, you know, contemporary artist, but he has a huge, you know, following. Yeah. Of, of, of you know, of contemporary artists too, who, who say, you know, who say Hank Ketchum was like, you know, the best. I mean, just. Well, just, and a lot of people look back to him, you know, and I think, I, I think, you know, seeing some of the early work, it's true. Uh, I think there, there is kind of a, a lot of younger cartoonists who look back at, at Hank Ketchum's stuff, yes, uh, and are you know blown away by yes. the quality of. Oh, of yeah, the comments I get, you know, when I post Hank stuff, you know, they go, "Oh my God, that line, you know, yeah. that line or that layout, that yeah. everything is per." And they start, you know, they'll start like analyzing it, you know, and say everything is point. Then they'll go through it like a study, and they'll say, "Look at that, the cameras, everything's pointing toward Dennis. Every everything in the in the composition." And they'll start to analyze it, you know, and they'll go and realize, oh, my God, this guy was amazing, you know. People he really was. Who never who never really, you know, thought about it. You know, I, I mean, we just exactly what the newspaper comics as a kid, you know, you don't really think about who's doing yeah. what they're doing. But if you're an artist and you get older and you look back at the stuff and you want to find out and you really you come to realize he was he was a master. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's definitely up there. Yeah. Know. Definitely. When the final <laughs> story is told, whatever, yeah. you know. Hank <laughs> yeah. Ketchum's going to be high on the list. Now, what, do you teach? Are you a professor? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a university professor at Adelphi yeah. University in Garden City, New York. Uh, I live in Binghamton. We, we used Garden to live in Brooklyn. Because it's, it's a, Garden Long Island, too, right? Yeah, well, that's where it is. Garden City. <laughs> It's Garden City, right next to next to Queens, right next door. You know. Oh my God! Wait a minute, you commute? I commute. Yeah, I go down like on a oh. Monday or Tuesday, and I stay for a couple of days, and I come oh, back. Oh my goodness! Wow. I, I lived oh, in Brooklyn. 
I mean, I you know, Jackson Heights was my um. Yeah. Right. You know, um, I mean, I've been over to St. John's and stuff. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know I know the area pretty well. We lived in Brooklyn wow. for 15 years, so. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so. You know, I, I I grew up in Manhattan. I was born in Manhattan, on 68th Street and West End Avenue, which is Lincoln Center now. Yeah. So yeah. I grew up. I was born in '51, and it was an Italian ghetto. Man. When I, I was a town, my mother, you know, my four, five sisters and a brother, and we all, it was like within like five or for about five or six blocks, like 63rd to 69th or whatever it was. It was, it was like a ghetto. It was really tenements, you know, mm-hmm. and they were pretty rough, but it was all Italian, you know, or predominantly Italian. Right. So I grew up there and, you know, it was like, yeah. So in, 50, in 57, 58, what it was, 57 or 58, they threw us all out. They filmed West Side Story. Right. The movie. And then they built, then they tore it all down and built Lincoln Center, you know, the whole. Yeah, yeah, that was in, oh, the early 60s, right? Yes, yeah. yes. West Side Story was like 61 or whatever, 62. Yeah. So my mother and I, I, we had, we, so all my aunts and every, all my cousins, we all picked another, a different borough. Uh-huh. We went to Queens, one of my aunts went to the Bronx, one went to um, Astoria, mm-hmm. or it was Bronx, one went to New Jersey. Right. And, uh, yeah, so we all spread out. We all went all over the place. And then one day my mother took me. I was like 9 or 10, whatever I was. And she took me down to watch the filming of West Side Story. Okay. So we took the, the train in, and we stood there and watched my old block. They were literally dancing up my block. Oh, my I, God. I grew up, you know. And my sister said, I've never seen it. She said her initials. Are, and there's one scene where they're dancing on the street. And my sister's initials are on one of the walls. Oh, really? Yeah, like a heart with she, her, her and her boyfriend. You know? Oh my God! And she said, and I, I've yet to see it, but she swears it's there. It's there. You're gonna have to buy that. You got, you have it. I do have it, and I've, I've yeah. never really taken the time. Watch it frame by frame. Watch it by frame by frame. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so then we moved out, and we moved to Queens, you know, and then I um, grew up there. So the Beatles at Chase Stadium in '66. Oh, did you really? I, I saw I was, yeah. a photograph of you with Beatle statues behind you. Yeah. Oh yeah, in my room, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in your study. I'm a huge Beatles fan. So yeah, so '66 that was their last tour. Yeah. So um yeah, my, my my friend and I could I could I could walk to Chase Stadium from my house. Okay. But I didn't. But I mean I took. The <laughs> so yeah, he and I we went and we sat up there and then you know. Oh, fantastic. We were way in the back. We were way oh, up high. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, they were you know their last I, tour. I didn't know it was gonna be the last tour then. You know? Yeah, nobody did, right? But yeah, uh, that was, that I, was, I'm a big Beatle fan too. So yeah, I, I, I was I at Bangladesh. Oh wow, cool! Madison Square Garden, yeah, in seventy. What was that? Seventy, seventy-one. Yeah, seventy-one. Went know? to the afternoon show. There were two shows. It was one in the afternoon, one awesome. at night. Went to the yeah. yeah. You saw so some great cool. stuff. Yeah, I saw McCartney one day in seventy-five. Ah. I, I was in walking down Madison Avenue with my my. We weren't married yet. I had my guitar. And uh, we were going to Central Park to play music. Oh, cool. It, it was like 6 o'clock on a Saturday evening in the set in the mid-70s, so it wasn't crowded at all. It's not like now, where it's, it's all the time. You can never get a breathe, you know. Back yeah. then, it was, it was 6 o'clock Saturday. It was a nice evening, and there were a few people on the streets, but it wasn't, It was you know. And who comes walking up? Linda, Paul, Linda, and her father, John Eastman. Oh, my God. The three of them were strolling up the street, and here I am with my guitar, and there's and coming toward me is Paul McCartney, the reason I'm carrying this guitar. And I didn't have the guts to say, you know, well, they were deep in conversation, so I was going to, but I said, oh my gosh, there, you know, walk right by him. 
you know. Oh my God! And carrying the guitar. Yeah. I so, was at a, a, an art gallery once where uh, it was a Paul McCartney opening, and it, it was a benefit. And my wife was working for the place that it was being benefited, so we got able, we were able to go to this. And he came in, and at the time it was he was with Heather Mills, so it was okay. after Linda had passed. Right. Anyway, you know, I, I did, I had to introduce myself and say, "You've changed my life," all that stuff, you know. Uh-huh. But the rest of the night, I just stared at him, and oh, really? everybody in the room was just staring at him yeah. you know i mean that's all they were doing and i remember saying saying this to my wife i said to deb you know do you think he knows that everybody in the room is like just staring at him and this lady walked by me and obviously she was a friend of his or something and she said oh he knows you know and oh, and yeah. it was it was like it blew my mind just there's this guy you know yeah. looked just like paul mccartney yeah <laughs> And, and, um, he was talking and gesturing, you know, kind of expressively. And he almost bumped this lady who was walking behind him and he turned around and he stopped and he, he put his arms on her and he said, I'm sorry, love, you know, you okay. Yeah. He didn't like, like you know, he didn't mean to bump her yeah. and everybody in the room was just like transfixed, you yeah. know, oh, it's a <laughs> yeah, you know, one well, of the, the two yeah. big beetles, but you yes. know, yeah. Uh, it's a trip, but anyway, uh, were you a, were, speaking of Queens and all? Were you a Mets fan? You know, I wasn't really. I, I not really. I wasn't a baseball. I'm not, I was not a sports guy. Oh, okay. I went to a couple of Mets games, but I yeah yeah I wasn't really into sports. My both my son, I don't know where they got it from, but they're both heavily into sports. Okay. They didn't get it from me, but <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of yeah I don't know. I mean, I went to the concerts at Chase Stadium. I saw you know the Rascals and. Oh man. Yeah, oh, the Rascals there. The I love the Rascals. Yes, yeah. great band. I know, and then yeah, so you know, and um, and Flushing Meadow Park, you know, they had the uh-huh. um, all the stuff going on there. Oh man. And, yeah, yeah. You know, remember remember the Bold Rummels? Yes. Uh, what t- what was their tune? Laugh, laugh. Yeah, laugh. yeah. They yeah. had two songs. They I can say yes, I know. Cry just a little cause I love you so. Oh, yeah, man. So I was in a band. I was in a band in the, in the 60s called the Northern Lights. Okay. So we did just a little. Oh, okay. And one of the guys in the band, his sister was married to a photographer, a big hotshot. So anyway, so we had this band. So, we, you know, we played local dances and stuff. So his sister, yeah, so anyway, her, her sister's boyfriend his hot shop at New York photography, this party. And, he, and it was in the village. He had a studio in the village and he invited all these like artists and musicians and everything. So we invited the lead singer of the Bo Brummels. Oh, cool. You know, I forget his name. And, um, you know, they had a couple of years. I mean, they yeah. weren't big for long. They had like two songs, I think, whatever. But we were doing one of their songs at that time. So we found out he was going to be there. So here we are singing his song and he's, he's standing there listening to us, you know. I mean, that was a thrill for him, man. For not for him, for us. Well, yeah, but for I, him too, you know, to hear somebody else do a song, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were young. We were like, you know, we were. I don't even know how good we were at that point. But it was just funny, you know, to um. So that was kind of like my exciting, you know, to yeah. play a song for the one of the Bob Rollins who's, you know. Do you do you still play music? I do. I, I in church. I, I I'm on, I'm on like a worship team. Okay. At a band, my son that plays drums, so he's it's in New Paltz. It's a it's a it's a lot of young people, a lot of like it's a hipster, you know. Uh, it's funny churches now, like the, all the worship music is like all it's really hip. It's cool, you know. 
Yeah. So it's a little younger than I mean I'm a little old. I'm in I mean they look at me like the old guy. <laughs> but I play bass once a month. I'll play bass. You know I play bass. Okay. And I play guitar, but you know I play bass with them. My son plays drums, so I just I just did it just so I could play with you know be with my son. You know. Right. Oh, well, so yeah, right. they're they're really good. They're very dedicated musicians, and they're really good. You know, they're really seriously into their music. But so yeah, that's it. I just do that like once a month just to kind of. Yeah. Play, you know. Yeah. It's great though, man. It's yeah, it, yeah. You know, you yeah. keep it going. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it it is. It is. Now I haven't seen my grandson in a month. You know, because of the whole his oh, wife. Oh yeah, because of COVID. School yeah. teacher, she is like manic, so she won't let us near him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So we go out there and we'll sit. He and him, him, his wife and the baby. He's like a year and a half, but we will watch you with babysitting from two days a week. Oh yeah. Before this happened, so he was here two days a week. So I had this. I had such a bond with him. Yeah. I mean, I actually put him to sleep every. My wife, we she works at home too. Uh-huh. So what happened is he'd come over and, um, you know, I would know. I, I whenever he he was too much, she'd give him to me and I'd rock him to sleep. Oh. So I had this thing with him, and it was such a close. And now, I have. I'm gonna, so now we go out. So last Sunday we went out there, and they're in the lawn, and we get out of the car, and they give us the back off sign. Mm-hmm. So we stand like six feet away, and he looks at us, and he's like running toward us. Yeah, grab him. And you know, and he doesn't know what's going on. Of course, he'll he'll see us and he'll just start running. To, and they they grab him, pull him back. Oh and, man, you know, it's painful. You know, so that's 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 been tough. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I hope this thing is, you know, we yeah. get this soon. So. Starting to say, right? They're starting to say that things that might be peaking or you know. Yeah. 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 There's I a lot know. of unknowns. Yes. But, you yes. know, we just don't know where it's going. Yeah. And. Uh, um so you don't want to do it as as exactly you know, too exactly. quickly you know yeah. yeah i think science is pretty clear on that but right. Um, right. but eventually you know uh we will imagine what it's going to be like when we all get together again. it's going to be unbelievable yeah it's going to be amazing it's going to be so bizarre i know we're teaching i you know i'm doing all my teaching from yes home and it's yeah, a weird situation right? what's that at least you don't have to tra- travel to Queens. Yeah. Right? Oh man, it's so so nice to be with my wife all the time, and yeah, you know, it's it's much better. But uh, uh, it is it is different, you know. Yeah. Although the things that I teach, I can do online pretty well. So now, what do you teach? You teach graphics, or you teach? Women? I teach uh, I teach a lot of comics. I teach uh, comics history, animation wow. history, teach awesome. character design. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I teach an illustration course. It's it's all pretty cool. You know, um, I got a friend. I got a friend up here with, at uh, Orange County Community teaches cartooning. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like university level stuff now. Yes. When we were growing up, it was like you right. know, found right. upon. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. He's very serious about it. You know. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, yeah, he, he's um, I do his I do his class too. Every so he waits until like the last couple of class. He teaches you know two court. He actually I knocked it back to one semester. One semester. He used to he used to do it. Twice a year. Now they knocked it back to one. Oh. But yeah. anyway, so like the, one of his last few classes, I'll come in. Yeah. And, you know, that's do a thrill for the kids, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then, and um, so yeah, so that I do that too. So. Um, that's great. You I know. could teach though. I don't think I could teach. Well, it's a thing, you know. Uh, it's a performative thing, you yes. know. And yes. and uh, I remember when I started out, it was a matter of sink or swim you know i i'm yeah. not one of those guys who ever put myself forward very well i know that i'm like the uh-huh. worst salesman for myself in the world right. so uh, 
you know, in terms of freelancing or anything like that, I just never had the confidence. And uh-huh. so when I, I, I stumbled into teaching accidentally and, um, because I ended up teaching in a Catholic school when I want, I needed to buy a car. I had a job, but I needed another job to get this car. So I wow. got this part-time job teaching in a Catholic school and I was a terrible teacher. And I swear to God, I was never going to. You got your, you got your, your, your bachelor, your, your, your master's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went wow. on to yeah I went on to go to I went to Pratt and finished my graduate oh, okay. degree oh. there, wow. and uh, in painting and <laughs> and art history. Uh huh. And, and then you know, but cartooning was always there in me, and uh, so it sort of returned <laughs> in my thirties and overtook the painting. So I do mostly that uh, now. And uh, I know when I do a class, I uh, once in a while I'll do a class and then she'll keep me off for two two periods. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the second period, I am wiped. I am like exhausted. Yeah, I could und- I could see. And uh, when I first started teaching, I was. You you do get used to it, but it is yeah. a matter of it's like putting on a show in a way. You know, you yeah, have, you have to perform, and and right. then you have to engage. You know, and be connected all the time. It's very different than working in your studio alone. Oh, no, I, you know? I, can't, I can't imagine. Yeah, so Herb it's a different Trimpy. life. Yeah. Have you heard Herb, Herb Trimpey? Yeah, of course. Loved yeah, her, yeah. loved his stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he was a teacher. He taught up here. Okay. I met him years ago. Like it was probably late nineties. I went to this thing in Kingston. It was like a mocha. Uh huh. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I went Joe Staten's house. It was a okay. Joe Staten's house. Yep. And I I didn't never met. I'd never met any of these guys. I was invited up there by <clears throat> so I went, and the Herb Treppy was there. So I was talking to him, and he teaches, and he was teaching at right. high school. And this is after his Hulk work and everything, oh, you know. Yeah. You know. So I said, you had, he had no degrees. He had nothing. He, he said, no. He goes, I'm doing this totally by the seat of my pants. Amazing. He goes Amazing. in there and he, you know, I think he did it for a few years. He did. Years. Yeah. I had heard about right. that. Cause okay. Marvel, you heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel so, went through a whole thing and he wasn't working for him anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was a shame. And then he passed away not yes. too long. Yeah. 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 But I love his stuff. Like, you know. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, you know, he told me I, I just go in there and I, 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 you know, they want to see my, um, my plan, my, uh, you know, and I have, you know, I just go in there and draw, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, but you know, most of the teachers I had at visual arts were kind of like, you know, pretty loose, you know. Yeah. Sure. They, yeah. You know, they they didn't kind of. Did you? They walk in and out. You know, they put they all right, work on your stuff, and they I sit there, then they'd come around and draw, and then they'd walk sure. away, you know. Not all of them, but some of them were like kind of like you know, kind of laid back, you know. Yeah. Oh well, who did you work with at SVA? Anybody like uh, you, you know that we would know? Howard Beckerman. Oh sure. Okay. Yeah, right. I had him. I had animation history. He was good. He was. I had him. Yep. Yeah, my animation history. I think it was no, not animation. An animation class. So he had us doing work. Howard Beckerman. I'm sorry. Howard Beckerman. Yes. Yeah. I. He, he's still alive. He's still around. Gray beard. He has a gray, tall guy. Gray beard. I still oh. see him occasionally online on, on certain things. He's still around. I mean, he's a man. He was old back then, and I don't know how. Old, but um. But oh, then, I know, know who he is. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Then, you know, Richard Williams. You know, he just passed away recently. Oh yes, right. You know, yeah, and, Richard Williams, yeah. of course. Yeah. So he, when I was there, the year I was there, he, Richard Williams, the um, the Christmas Carol had just come out. You know, oh, I he, love that film. Yeah, yeah. So it just came out. So he was going to have a showing at one of the, the museum at um, somewhere in Lincoln Center, one of the theaters. Yeah. So he he spoke at the at, at the visual arts, and then he was going to have this thing there. 
So he was looking for volunteers to usher, you know. So I volunteered. I said, yeah, I'll volunteer. Awesome. So he showed the Christmas Carol, and he told the story behind him. Then he showed for his commercials. So I was ushering, so I had to spend the whole evening ushering, and I missed the whole thing. Oh, man. You know, I was like, why did I do this? You know, because <laughs> I had to usher people in, I had to, you know, do all sorts of stuff. So I'm, every once in a while, I look in there, and I'd see Richard Williams up there talking, and I'd go out, and I'd be working, you know. Did you get any thanks for it or anything? Yeah, I don't know. Harold Beckman was very thankful. But, you oh, know, it was kind of like, why did I agree to do this, you know? Yeah, because it would have been better. Well, Richard Williams was brilliant. Uh, yes. The Christmas yes. Carol was one of my all-time favorite pieces of animated film. Uh, it's a brilliant film. And that's all about tragedy, right? The thief, thief and the Cobbler? Oh, I hate that story. Oh, isn't that te- It's terrible. Yeah. He you know? lost right? He just kind of... He couldn't finish it on time. Yes. He's too much of a... Ta- too- much of a perfectionist yes to let it go yeah and ultimately they took it from him yes that's a heartbreaking story it is it is it's a heartbreaking story so what we have left from him is you know all these bits and pieces yes and a beautiful animation unbelievable animation yes all hand drawn yeah all hand drawn not computer you know amazing stuff yeah well ron this has been great this yeah, just, I'm, I, I think I, I probably went on longer than you wanted to, right? Oh, but hey, man, this I, I you know what? You've got so much stuff to, so many <laughs> stories, and, and there's so well, many places where we overlap that yeah, yeah. we can go on all day. <laughs> Maybe City, we'll do well, another show. All right. That's so good, it's been a thrill to have you on the show. And, Same um, as, I appreciate your inviting me. Oh, hey, man, it's I, you know, this is great talking to you and talking to Marcus. And then maybe in the future, we'll talk to Scott. Well, you know, it's yeah. kind of a, a nice thing to to keep Dennis the Menace alive and in the public eye you yeah. know, in, a, in a different way. And right. uh, to help celebrate it because it's a wonderful comic strip. Yeah. And uh, you any of the interviews with Hank Ketchum on, uh, on YouTube. Oh, you know, I haven't looked for those. Yeah, I, yeah, look for them. He does one with um, Larry King. Okay. And there's one. It's a couple of them on there. I will look for those. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, they're they're pretty good, you know, because he was he was funny. He was just naturally a funny guy, and you know he um yeah. So I know you might find him interesting. I, I'm sure I will. My yeah. my, you know, I've always loved him as an artist and always loved uh, Dennis. But my respect for him since talking to both of you has just grown immeasurably. Well, that's since great. Then, because he yeah. just sounds like such a great guy in so many yeah. different ways. Yeah, uh, very impressive cool. person. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you've done your part in keeping Dennis alive and in, in the public eye. Well, I, I appreciate that. You certainly have. And, uh, it's been great to have you on Ron. Yep. And, um, I hope we get a chance to, to meet one day. Yes. You're uh, not that far. No, yeah. it'd be cool. I'd love to come to your studio and see, you know, where Dennis is, where the magic happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that will do it for our discussion with Ron Ferdinand. I'm kind of sorry to see our little celebration of Dennis the Menace come to an end. But here it is. We have uh, talked to Marcus. We've talked to Ron. One of these days, maybe we'll have a chance to talk to Scott Ketchum and hear it from Mount Olympus, I guess, you know, uh, if one wants to think of the Ketchum Enterprises <laughs> that way. Uh, certainly, he's, he's the heir to the throne. Anyway, Scott, if you're listening, the uh, invitation is there. Uh, we'd love to, I'd love to have you on the show and talk to you. So, uh, just to fill in the 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 entire picture, right, of Dennis and Hank Ketchum. 
And I did uh, check out, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that uh, the uh, interview with Hank Ketchum and Larry King. And it's really kind of interesting because there, there are a couple of things I picked up on in, in that interview that I thought maybe uh, I'd like to know more about. And certainly I think The Merchant of Dennis is going to reveal that. And I haven't read it yet, so uh, I'm looking forward to reading that autobiography by Hank Ketchum. But one of the things he mentioned was working at Disney in the late 30s, early 40s. And I wondered if he was there during the strike, and he was. And it's interesting the way he describes the Disney studio before the strike and after the strike. Not too, He doesn't go into detail, too much detail, just a little blurb, but it is really revealing about the tension that existed at the Disney studios after the strike in 1941. And one of the key points that Hank Ketchum makes is that a time clock was put in and, and employees had to punch in after the strike in 1941. And that changes everything, man. That changes everything from being a kind of creative environment that's all about a common purpose and a shared goal. It becomes about employer and employee, and that changes everything. I'm not sure that that was the right response to striking employees. Uh, and, and in what I've read, I think it was twofold, you know. It was it was uh, heart, heartbreak on the one hand, because, I, I, like... I think he thought he was fair. And then on the other hand, I, I think it was controlling. And the controlling aspect seemed to win out after the strike and uh, made for a kind of dispirited atmosphere from everything I've read. But, you know, others may have, others who were there may be able to fill me in on that if there's anybody left from that period of time. So it's an interesting story. And then an, another very quick aside, uh, Hank Ketchum didn't seem to know who Robert Crumb was. And this was in uh, 1991 or two, somewhere in there, that Hank was talking. So that was kind of interesting. And they are from two very different worlds, but it's kind of interesting that Charles Schultz knew who Robert Crumb was, and maybe Hank found out later. But the, the two, obviously, you know, we're talking about very different worlds in comics and cartooning. And yet, on the other hand, you know, Crumb is a master uh, of, of his, his world, just as Hank was a master of of his own. And I've actually, strangely enough, I've had this kind of, I go through these periods where I, I want to check into somebody's work or I need, I don't know what it's about. But anyway, I wanted to read some crumb <laughs> and I hadn't for a while. So I, I picked up Fritz the Cat, you know, the collection. I, I've read Fritz in, you know, dribs and drabs in other collections. But anyway, I finally picked up that complete book and Mr. Natural and I'm just loving that stuff. It's great. And totally different. And I guess maybe I needed a little um, change of pace, but uh, Crumb certainly offers that. But anyway, that sort of struck me too. And there are a couple of other things in that interview. You should check it out. It's on YouTube. Look up Hank Ketchum and, uh, and it's the Larry King interview. There's a whole slew of things that'll come up. One I haven't listened to yet is a speech he gave, I think at a graduation in 1971. So that's got to be pretty interesting too. And uh, so there's some interesting, if you are interested in more Ketchum lore and the history of comics and the great cartoonists of the late 20th century or middle 20th century, check into that. The stuff is right there. And there's a Larry King interview with Charles Schultz, too, and I've got to listen to that. I've listened to a bunch of Schultz interviews but I on YouTube, but um, that one has escaped me uh, up until now, and I think I will check it out very shortly. And speaking of checking things out, follow me on Instagram, okay? You want to find out what the heck is it that I do? Uh, what makes me uh, an authority on comics? <laughs> 
Is anyone an authority on anything? I hope Dr. Fauci is an authority. I believe he is. So, uh, anyway, uh, check out my Instagram, okay? Uh, because some of my work gets posted. Not all of it, but some of it's there. You might find it entertaining. might be interesting. You don't know. You may find it boring. I don't know, but check it out. It's at Grogan Jeff. G-R-O-G-E. No. G <laughs> I can never spell my own name correctly. It's G-R-O-G-A-N-G-E-O-F-F-M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Okay, so check that out. It's the same number of syllables. I think therein lies the tale. <laughs> so go to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Jeff Grogan. Spelled the same way, G-O-F-F-G-R-O-G-A-N, except in reverse this time. It's not Grogan, Jeff. It's Jeff Grogan. So patreon.com slash Jeff Grogan. I, I was about to mix it up again myself. Anyway, I can't keep these things straight. Go to my Patreon page. And and anything you give will be greatly appreciated. I'm trying to build that up slowly over time so that, you know, when, uh, when all hell breaks loose, I've got something to fall back on. <laughs> we have some wonderful cartoonists on the horizon. First up, Jan Elliott of Stone Soup, that terrific comic strip about two sisters raising families just across the fence from one another. And then we have John Rose of the venerable and much-loved Barney Google and Snuffy Smith. That's right. John Rose of Snuffy Smith will be here to talk about Barney Google and Billy DeBeck and Snuffy and Louisey and, yes, Sparkplug, too. So hold on to your hats. That one's coming your way soon. If you love comics and you love cartooning, we have a treasure trove of uh, interesting people arriving on our shores here. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that'll do it for this time. Uh, I hope, again, that you are safe and happy and healthy and well. I hope everyone you care about is the same. And uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Dennis, come here this instant. You blockhead! Why do we go down and have a bologna sandwich? Dennis, get in bed.